We are Unseen Artists, and we are giving the stage to underrepresented voices. I'm Courtney. And I'm Noelle. And Happy New Year! It is 2024. We've made it. Probably. We're not <laughs> that there yet. That is but... terrifying that it's I 2024. Know. I still have not finished processing 2019. Yeah, you know, it's fine. We're going to be okay. <laughs> We're gonna make it through um are we oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um probably you you tell us you're in 2024 we are not so <laughs> not yet we've made it <laughs> um so when searching for a show said new year's the one that everyone said was the one for new year's is sunset boulevard and so here we are we're doing sunset boulevard for all of you and which is very exciting for me because this is one, this is like the first one that we've done that I was not like super familiar with before talking about it. So that's interesting also, yes, just for me. I'm very excited just because I ended up, I also obviously was not familiar, um, but I also love that. It. Is so a more common occurrence for Right, you. exactly. <laughs> like that's not shocking for anyone. Um, so for those of you yeah. like us who may be unfamiliar with the show, it's about a woman who was a silent film star and she kind of got pushed aside by Hollywood and a man who is a writer ends up at her house and she ends up basically hiring him on and being like, here, do everything I need you to do um, to write this new story that's going to put me back in the spotlight and or yeah based on to help to work work with her on her play or her she wrote that i guess is bad (laughs) right it seems that no one likes it um so yeah and so the book and lyrics were written by don black and christopher hampton so don black i am familiar with for non-theater stuff he did some ling- uh, English lyric translations for Charles Aznavour. And so oh. his big one is For Mama. Um, so that's how I know who he is. Because we work with Charles oh, Aznavour stuff. Look at him. He, I know. He also did a lot of the song, the music and stuff for James Bond films. So that's what he's also known for. Um, to get back okay. into the theater world a bit. Some things that he's known for. Um, Little Prince did some stuff with little prince interesting um he did again not it's film beauty and beast the enchanted christmas bells enchanted christmas Mm -hmm. um bonnie and clyde from 2011 Ooh, Um, that's a good musical well that's don black so good musical great he's doing killing it um steven ward the musical and mrs henderson presents 2015 Stephen Ward, I think it was 2013. I did not write down the date for some reason. But those were all, I think, done. Or those two were, I think, done with um, Andrew Lloyd Webber. As is this one. So Christopher Hampton hasn't done quite as much, but he's done some big things still. He produced the 1973 film for Ibsen's A Doll's House, which we've talked about. He's known for Dangerous Liaisons. He did an opera with Philip Glass. He translated the australian musical rebecca and he's known for doing the father and more recently the second part of the son those are what he's like won awards for 
Um, I'm less familiar with him, but he's done some big things. Just kind of all over the place. And then, as I mentioned, music by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Again, we've told you everything you need to know about him at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it premiered, and the biggest premiere was in London, July 12th, 1993, at the Adelphi Theater. Just the next year, it had its original Broadway debut. November 17th of 1994 and it ran until March 22nd of 1997 so it had a pretty long run um yeah and it was at the Minskoff Theater which is where Lion King is now um, oh okay the original Broadway cast and every other iteration after starred Glenn Close she's been in all of the versions basically and when it opened it opened with the highest advance in the history of Broadway ticket sales at that time not ever because you know it's in the 90s i'm sure something has happened since then yeah and then this stage version after 97 closing it pretty much got cut down to the touring version because it was also one of the most expensive shows in all of history it seems which even more than phantom of the opera i don't know it at a loss let me say it like more expensive at a loss it was it was a lot But I have some fun facts for you about that. So stay tuned. So since we're both kind of starting at the beginning, what did you know about this show before we got into it? What was your experience? Uh, I knew it existed. Yeah. And that was it. I had heard about it quite a few times, but I had never listened to the music. I had never seen it. I hadn't seen the movie. I knew like nothing about it. And now that I'm looking at some of the former casts, I'm like, wow, there were some like really interesting cast members Mm -hmm. and like very well known people in it, replacements. And I remember I mentioned it to my dad and he was like, he had said something about Rita Moreno, who I love and she, but she was one of the, uh, west end like replacements or or understudies or something like that and then I don't betty think buckley I've seen rita marino in stage productions but i've seen her a lot like when she's on tv and film stuff and i do love her yeah she's um, fantastic mm-hmm. um but what's interesting is i was looking at this the f- original west end production uh patty lapone played norma desmond and i would love to see that because well crap. <laughs> let me queen. tell you what happened there great can't wait patty lapone was actually promised the role by andrew lloyd weber for broadway. the broadway <gasps> yep instead it was glenn close who was cast who had actually done the original sit uh sidmonton where is that word sidmonton version well they both had done some and that's where she kind of started was with this like experimental one and then went to the West End and did all this. But she was promised it and it was given to Glenn Close instead. And so she sued Andrew Lloyd Webber and was and received a settlement that was reported to be at $1 million. God, I'm obsessed with her. She's which fast. added to this grand loss for the show. But that's um, hilarious yeah she is so dramatic um, like she's did. literally norma desmond i know i know, I know. literally <laughs> like she was like oh bet like <laughs> right exactly yeah and this like 
it was noted so frank rich wrote this book which is where a lot of this information came out and they talked about the settlement he noted that sunset boulevard was set had set the record for the most money lost in the history of u.s like theater (laughs) um it was at or above a 20 million dollar loss like because of different things that came up yeah and this book was written in like i mean it was written in the 2000s so i don't know that that's been beat yet but (sighs) yeah so it had a huge loss for and it did they they call it the biggest uh flop hit because it did really well people loved it it was received well it made a lot of money but they just spent so much money on it the production settlements when they got sued like all this other stuff and which is why the 97 production was cut down before they went on tour and then was kept i think for the remaining like productions whether they were revivals or and it's been played in like every country you could ever imagine that has a theater in it so they're all so interesting yeah so uh that's fun fact number one (laughs) um yeah so what are your show your thoughts about the show because it was so i i didn't know about the musical i didn't know about the stage production not shocking um but i did know about the movie i just hadn't seen it but i've always heard about it as like a classic film like it's a hollywood film everyone has to see it i just hadn't um at the time but I will now also be telling people that. So, you know, add it to your list if you haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, so it came out in 1950. The stage show obviously came out much later. It came out in the 90s, or the musical came out in the 90s. Um, but what do you think about how it holds up for that time? Um, it It's so interesting because I, I was actually just talking uh, with a friend about this last night. Um, a, a lot of movies from that time, like, don't really hold up and this one I feel like does a really good job of still being like very funny and not when you're watching it you're not sort of like cringing the whole time like there's a lot of Mm -hmm. movies made in like the 40s and 50s and even 60s that you're sort of like yikes that it that didn't know no 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 like a lot of like very overt racism and like things like that and so you sort of like don't it doesn't really do that which is nice um it's definitely not diverse by any means this cast or anything and so that would be it it would be kind of nice to see more of that but it's definitely the movie I think really holds up and is so funny I had never like I had never seen it I knew the movie existed I knew that the musical existed um and I was just like I had never seen any of them. Um, I'm obsessed with the movie. It it is amazing. I want to be Norma Desmond when I grow up. It's so funny. Ugh, you're um, already Norma Desmond. I think you've made it. <laughs> you've made it. It's fine. I without just, the millions of dollars. Uh yeah, right. Um yeah, it's just so hilarious. Um, I could watch this over and over again. I and so now I'm like, oh my god, I have to go back and watch other things. But like again, not all movies like really hold up for that time. But there's uh it sort of reminded me of if you ever saw the Black Dahlia. Um it's like yeah. a nine like late 90s movie, but it's set in that like time period of the Black Dahlia murders. Um and it's like Josh Hartnett and like you know some like big names that we know now but it's like kind of like shot as if it's like black and white and like this whole like same kind of concept um but it has a very similar vibe of sunset boulevard and so now i need to go back and watch that 
movie again because that movie is so, so funny. funny but it was also made in the 90s but yeah so uh obsessed it's hilarious um but then yeah so then I watched the musical and I was kind of like underwhelmed yeah um I feel like you know we haven't really talked about a lot of uh musicals yet that were based on movies I mean New York New York we talked about but that was like very loosely based on that and also like New York New York had elements that had to be needed to be changed from it didn't well, hold up the yes. same way as sunset boulevard holds up as a correct movie. absolutely so. talking about movies that do not hold up as well yeah <laughs> from that time yeah that yeah um so i don't know i just sort of like after watching it i was like this just didn't really need to be made into a stage musical and so the fact that you're telling me that like it was so popular and like everybody's done it I'm like really because also and I've talked we we have talked about Andrew Lloyd Webber a bunch and like probably I'm like a bigger fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber than a lot of people I really like a lot of his music but I feel like the score is like the weakest one he's ever done yeah it just doesn't <laughs> scream it it I don't know and and like maybe that's not a good thing that a lot of his stuff kind of screams Andrew Lloyd Webber even though he's mm-hmm. done a lot of different styles of right. music right we have like rock opera we have like opera opera we have like nice like musical like theater more traditional kind mm-hmm. of there's like a very wide range of stuff that he's written but it just was sort of like, I don't know. I, I I think it missed the mark in a lot of ways because, especially because the movie is just so good. Yeah. And even like, again, I've talked about this a million times. Go see it if you haven't. Sound like it hot. There's a lot of problematic to, you things. You can't go see it now. Sorry. Oh, well, it <laughs> will hopefully go on tour and then you can see it. Yeah. But um, the movie, there are a lot of kind of, very problematic things about the movie and they did a really really good job of um granted it's a 2023 2022 whatever musical Mm -hmm. also so it's a little bit more modern and they did a really good job of you know adding more detail and 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 make and um addressing some of the kind of problematic things and 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 making it much uh a much more powerful story uh but i feel like it just sort of was meh with sunset boulevard and then we're, now we're talking about Patti Lapone and like she's such an incredible performer and singer and the first thing that I thought was like Glenn Close is not a singer yeah and then I watched it and I was like yeah here you are singing you're not a it just was like kind right. of I don't know it would have been more interesting to me because I think what's so interesting about the part is that she was a big star mm-hmm. So she should be really talented. And I feel like Glenn Close has the attitude, but not the the vocal chops to really back that up to make this a musical. Whereas Patti yeah. Lapone absolutely has the attitude and the chops. Yeah. And I think just would have been a way stronger choice. And so I'm wondering if maybe I would have liked it more if I had seen right. Patti Lapone rather than, yeah. you know, rather than Glenn Close and like no shade on Glenn Close I've seen some amazing things that she's done but I just feel like this was not the part for her and then she like did the revival later which was probably better because she was way more uh 
Well, we watched the revival. We'll That's the one the... we watched. The 2017 well, right, right, right. one. But she was like, so I feel like maybe she was too young for the mm. original, but she mm, was actually mm-hmm. closer to like the age that she should be. Yeah. But then I'm looking at some of these other people and then this current one that they're doing on the West End. And I'm like, Nicole Scherzinger is not old enough no, for this part. Not. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me to have these really fairly young people. And like, even Patty Lapone was not old enough in 1993. In the 90s. Yeah. You know, to versus like if she did it now, oh my God, that would be so, yeah. I mean, she'd still be talented, but it's like, I feel like that is kind of part of it too. Or maybe that's the comment that they're trying to make that like you're aging out, like, and still mm-hmm. really young. I don't know. Maybe. But I, feel like I don't know though. Like, that's not what we get from the movie. No. No. So I don't know. It's kind of odd. And I think it's I think it's hard watching it so close to when we watch like Kiss Me Kate because you look at how Kiss Me Kate has a really great movie and then it also has a really great musical and mm. they have different elements. And then this is like, oh, you have this really great movie that's, you know, and I know it was like, not the exact, I guess it was similar to the same time it was 10 years apart, but you have this really great movie and then you have this musical and it's like, oh, that didn't hit. And we saw it like just happen where it worked out really well. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. And, but I agree. The musical itself like doesn't hit. And especially being an Andrew Lloyd Webber piece, like I would have expected more. I would have yeah. expected to want to keep singing this stuff or keep listening to it. And like, and like you mentioned with Glenn Close, like, yeah, she's a huge presence and she's an incredible actress. And she feels that side of Norma Desmond but not so much if you're going to make it a musical side. <laughs> I think that's well, where right. you miss too. If and, it was a play, right. I might have a different feeling on it with her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, it yeah. just didn't hit for me. And so the fact that it was like so popular, I'm like, not that- And like, I wonder <sighs> if it has something to do with the people that created it being i mean angela whoever obviously fine we know him everyone knows him but like both don black and christopher hampton oh my gosh i already read his last name i'm sorry hampton yeah christopher hampton they had worked on translations and they're known for doing stuff in other countries so like don black has a really big presence in france because of his work with asnavar and then charles hampton has a really big presence in australia because of his translation of rebecca like we have these other places and I mean, it was like a list of like 15 countries that this was in. So it was like a pretty extensive list that I'm not used to seeing shows being done in. Um, and so I don't know if that has something to do with it because of their presence. Because, you know, the other stuff, it's UK and US, and that's the people that are working on it with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I agree that it's not, it's not what I wanted it to be. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just prefer the movie, you know. Yeah, I did too. I did too. And um, so talk while we're talking about it, like how it holds up, and like you know, we say like it does hold up better than a lot of others. And I wonder, and I think that because it holds up a mirror to Hollywood, it's always been a comment on society more starting out that like you know those things that it comments on haven't necessarily changed as much as they should have between now and then and so yeah they still those ideals still hold up it's still like it's about a woman who has been you know she did her thing she passed her prime 
and now no one wants to work with her anymore and it becomes this whole situation and you know that still happens <laughs> um yeah and so it's always a comment on hollywood and hollywood is i think this at this time people weren't saying it as much as they are now which is what's different but yeah so like i th- i think that has a lot to do with it um so what do you think still affects us today in hollywood from this film like what from here still comments on it well i mean there's definitely still a thing about aging out um mm-hmm. unless you're able to do something like helena bottom carter who yeah. was this ingenue did all of these young sweet roles and now she has come into this like very strong character actress and we're seeing a lot more opportunities for like older women and more character actor type stuff so we're seeing it more but there's definitely still if you if you can't get out of that like ingenue then you are gonna age out of it because there aren't roles like that they're all character roles really yeah um so it's like there's more opportunities now, but there's still a lot of the same prejudice. Um, people need to like age. They want people to age gracefully, you know, or to do like, especially now. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but there was this big, I was just looking at this yesterday or today about people had taken photos of Sarah Jessica Parker out and about and she had no makeup on and her hair was gray and she's just doing and they're like oh she looks so old she looks so gross like whatever and she's like I don't know what you want me to do about it like I'm aging what do you want me to do stop aging like but you know a lot of people in her same you know from her same era who and she started as a young actress on Broadway and you know and, Mm -hmm. and you know she's known for these things as being a little bit older you know, not the ingenue type, but, you know, in her forties and things like that. Um, But it's like, she is not doing what a lot of other stars her age are doing, which is like getting a lot of Botox or do, you know, getting a lot of plastic surgery to try to make them seem younger. And she's just like, I'm getting older. Like it is what it is. Like what, there's literally nothing I can do about it other than die. And why should I like, damage my body to keep this ideal for everyone as opposed to just aging like you know and so she's you know she's obviously still working she you know is is a good name and she is an incredible actress and we just saw her on broadway again um in plaza suite and she you know they're doing the uh they're still doing the sex in the city uh remake thing and so you know there's a bunch of stuff that's happening with her and she's still working but it's still the same like thing of well, like, how dare you get old? Yeah. How dare you look like a real person? And so, yeah, we definitely still see that, I think, today all the time. Yeah, for sure. With people. And it's like, or like if people gain weight and you see it with men and with women, um, like, oh, how dare you get fat? Even And like, not even fat, but like, how dare you like not look like you're anorexic or like you haven't had water in you know the last month you know like it's and that's the thing you know they talk about with men um it's is so unhealthy with a lot of these like action movies and stuff like that the way that their bodies look 
in these things is because they're super dehydrated. That's the only way that they can get them to sort of fit. Like mm. that's not a natural look for somebody. Um, and they're overworked even, physically, like yeah. to get that look as well. And so it's just very, like, we have very dangerous ideals for people in, mm. and it doesn't necessarily touch on this, but like, I think this is like a, a natural stepping stone of the same thought process, you know, from this film of just like, you shouldn't be real. Yeah. And especially for her, you're seeing like, okay, well, you're fine in silent films, but now that we're talking, um, you know, we don't like your voice or whatever, whatever it is. And even like, we saw this with movies before, you know, if people looked nice, like Natalie Wood, I love Natalie Wood, she's a great actress, but like they cast her in a bunch of singing parts and she couldn't sing. So she's dubbed over, like she didn't sing in West Side Story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody knows her as Maria, but that's not her singing. And it's like, okay, well then why didn't you just cast the person person singing? singing. (laughs) Right. And then with, uh, what's it called? Just recently, Greatest Showman. Mm. The kid doesn't sing. Yeah. He has like another kid who sings for him. And I think the woman too. And it's just like, it's so wild to me. I'm like, okay, fine. Find someone else. Like the look is just not, as I talk about, you know, people being too young to play these parts or whatever, that the look isn't right. But I don't know. Like, again, I'd rather see, I don't know. I don't know. I just like the concept of like look being so, so, so important is Mm -hmm. just like so bothersome to me on a lot of levels. So yeah. 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 I think it's, I think it still holds up because so little has changed in the industry Mm -hmm. other than, you know, we definitely have seen some more diversity and things and a little bit more diversity with, um, with like, looks and stuff too but it's like we're still not seeing you know like the fat girl can't be the ingenue she has to be like the fat funny friend yeah Um, or if she is the ingenue it's because this is specifically written for the fat funny girl to be the like lead like it's not you can't just like replace roles yeah yeah and so yeah it's just i don't know i think we're, we're slowly starting to get a little bit better or like if yeah the fat girl is the lead then she's written as being the fat girl that's the lead you know you can't just right. like cast maria as a fat actress like I, yeah and it's like why but people don't see i don't know it just i yeah. just am so it just is it bothers me on so many levels and so i think mm-hmm. there's still so much work that we need to do in this aspect but um but yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it holds up so well also. Yeah. And like being so over dramatic, but for things that are like really real, you know, I yeah. think it's. And like, I think, I think all of the tools, it's just, it's such a well-crafted film because, and, you know, yes. stage show for the storyline is because that's a big element and that's a big thing that they focus on, but it's not the only tool they use to make it you know, remain relevant to make it keep its shape, I guess. So like one of the other things is it's it's a black comedy, which I didn't realize until, I mean, I watched it and still didn't think of it that way that I was reading about. And that's the genre that it was, you know, represented in. And I think that that adds another element because people at the time 
you know, when you watch a black comedy, it's like, okay, yeah, like this is satire, but it's not as harsh because it's in this like almost not like horror, but like thriller or something, you know, it's like out of the mainstream element still. Yeah. And so it gave it a little more room to play with that. And I don't know, I, I love a black comedy. I think they're so funny and so much better written than some like straight comedies just because they do have a little more substance it seems um and i think yeah. sunset boulevard you know holds up to that um are you familiar with any other black comedies that have been adapted to stage by any chance um i had a hard time when i was looking <laughs> i couldn't really find don't much think so like other movies but i can't really think of anything off the top of my head of like stage yeah um well i do have one that is up and coming for 2024 on the west end so hopefully we'll also get it here eventually um it is been slated i don't even know that it's been like formally announced but it's supposed to come in autumn of 2024 and it is dr strange love they're gonna oh stage show interesting it will be Kubrick's first so Stanley Kubrick's the director it'll be his first Mm. stage show adaptation which is very interesting as well and it's also timely because I just watched it for the first time like two months ago um oh really (laughs) yeah Alamo Drafthouse did this really big like Kubrick month and so they did Mm. all of his like shows throughout the month of October um and so I went and saw it and it was it's just one of those shows that I like I felt like I was on drugs watching it like and I don't (laughs) have experience with drugs like but that's just the feeling I got when I was watching it and so like I really am interested to see how it's going to transition to stage because also like a lot of that movie it's all set like in one room basically it's like it's so static and I don't want it to be boring so I don't know what's going to happen but well some of those things set in just one place can actually be really really great on the stage because it makes it one it's much easier to create just this one space when you're not leaving it but it gives you a lot of other elements to play with and levels to play with because you're not mm-hmm. doing that with the staging or you're not That's doing that true. with the with That's the true. set I should say but you can mm-hmm create a lot of interesting stuff with the staging um and stuff like that so it'll be i'll be interested to see what they do with it because that could be very quirky right yeah i mean it is the movie is very yeah yeah so it could be it can be very interesting (laughs) and i think it'd be very different than what we're seeing right now on the stage too which is fine um i'm i'm actually very excited to see what happens and i'm gonna be disappointed if it doesn't turn out very well but high hopes high hopes i didn't look and see i like i don't know who's directing it i don't know like who's doing the like stage adaptation or like this screen the like book or whatever i don't know any of that but i'm very excited mm-hmm. and i will probably be looking more into that i just just found it out before we got on and so i didn't have time but so another thing that this film also makes a comment on that i i find really interesting and and funny too in itself is the gender the way they use gender in this play because like the whole comment is about how women are used and thrown away for lack of a better term by Hollywood they you know Hollywood gets the young girl they want and they especially in this time when they were all like contracted to these studios and then but the whole story we're watching is actually showing like Norma Desmond has this entire power over this like 
young man who would normally have more like power over her and so I think that that's such like a fun take on it it's like it it flipped it on its head but still showed you that she also was like a victim of circumstances even if she did end up with power in the end because she's the one who had money and she's the one who had the connections and he wasn't well her ex-husband too is an interesting Mm -hmm. uh, uh an interesting show of that right yeah um yeah i do like the way that it plays on gender and especially for its time Mm -hmm. that's really interesting although you know men don't age out of things the way that women do which is such an interesting and annoying concept and i mean it's like you were saying with like women and their looks i mean you know they age out when they don't look the way that they're supposed to but men and they do have that with men as well but in a different way yeah like they can still be this old man that doesn't have to look attractive anymore that can still play this role you know or um, like the silver fox like oh you right. you have gray hair like oh that's so attractive but like a woman has gray hair it's like oh ew yeah. hag like yeah you're a thousand why are you still here a, yeah a gross yeah. double standard it is i mean yeah life but but yeah so i thought i thought that was a really fun tool that they used with the gender flipping and keeping their comment the same but yeah just addressing and i think it also i mean to an extent has like a comment on mental health because i mean which i'm sure wasn't as discussed in the 50s when it came out um but i mean you know her mental health had like and who knows where she started but was totally gone deteriorated by the time she was meeting joe like she was in this whole new world where she was delusional and she was like i've written this like amazing thing and everyone's just gonna take me back and do this and like she's getting her makeup done she's doing all this and it's you know part of the the um oh my gosh the like the company not telling her yeah anything straight and just like kind of letting her live in this delusion and then of course in the end she shoots joe because he tries to leave her and she's like tried to create this whole image in her head where he's like her key to keep staying relevant and so and i and i thought that was portrayed really well for a time when it you know mental health wasn't really portrayed and maybe that has to do with being a black comedy like being able to use some of those elements in it well they touch on that a little bit too with her um you know demille kind of talks about how she got started to get great you know she wasn't always difficult and sort of like this crazy that they think of her now um that it was started towards the end and so it also feel like to towards the end of her like career uh and so you sort of see like oh like maybe that's when a lot of her mental health stuff kind of started and so what's interesting is that that could be something to really really touch on um in a more modern way Mm -hmm. with an adaptation that like that's a really missed opportunity with and I, i get that the 90s had like we weren't quite as like in 2023 now or 2024. Yeah, there was still a lot of stigma. Yeah, we, we're not talk. They were not quite talking about mental health in the way that we are now. In you mm-hmm. know, in this last 30 years that we've sort of updated again. But so, I almost feel like this is an opportunity to really update it and give you know that because that is a missed opportunity. I think to mm-hmm. with the adaptation, um, to update it to something like more modern in that sense yeah no I totally agree I think that and like again like I would still watch it for what it is but I think it could still be played around with but also it's from 1950 so you gotta go to Paramount and ask for every 
clearance for everything that's changed at this point. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, but I think that's just another, yeah, I think that that's just another like thing where I'm like, okay, the movie is so good in the time that sits in. And even now it's still pretty relevant. Like we have this slightly more modern adaptation. It just like, doesn't hit the mark. There are just so many things that I feel like it could be. Yeah. Much better if it just did more. Yeah. And I think, and maybe that's, um, maybe that's putting too much pressure on something that, you know, was written in like 1993 or whatever, but still. Well, yeah. But also, like, I think that those limitations were set by Paramount um, based on the history I'm about to give you. Um, I don't know that it's the fault of anyone involved in this production. I think it's Paramount really dictated what happened. And I think that they missed the mark. They are Hollywood that is being talked about. So I can't say that that's super shocking, but I would love to tell you about the history of how this has all developed and the drama behind it. I'm Um, fucking ready. So, so also just fun fact before we get into it, we talked about some notable cast. Um, Hugh Jackman actually played Joe and the original Broadway cast out in Australia. Yeah. And the original Australian cast. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I didn't realize that. And... What I saw, what was interesting, which I, you probably don't know who this is, but like any like big theater listener people, um, I didn't realize that Alice Ripley was the original Betty yeah. um, mm-hmm. on Broadway. And she, you know, is very problematic now we have found out. So yikes. But interesting. if you're like a big, name, but next, I don't know enough about her. Yeah. If you're a big next to normal fan, she, um, mm. she originated the mom in uh, next to normal on Broadway, but she had been running for a really long time just to touch on why she's problematic for if anybody hasn't heard and for Courtney um they found out that she's a groomer oh um so that has come out that she has uh tried to groom some young very young women in that's uh on Broadway and 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 taken advantage of people and been very inappropriate so um we are not going to condone any of that we don't like that yeah. that's bad but um she's that, a very talented yes, actress bad. and so if you you know were a fan of her were interesting it's, it's interesting to me that she when she was young or younger um she originated that part i found it interesting interesting that is i did see her name and i like i recognized it but i didn't i didn't know enough about her so yeah um so this stage show is a long time coming (laughs) so the movie came out in 1950 as we mentioned and in 1952 (laughs) shortly after between 1952 and 1956 gloria swanson actually was working on creating it into a stage show um and they shot her down but what happened was she had started it and she had it she was going to call it starring norma desmond or she was just going to call it boulevard like she had very basic names and she had actually talked to paramount gotten their approval gotten through all these stages worked on it for four years and then they pulled everything back because they'd only given her a verbal agreement they had no contracts in place that had approved it and it got shut down and richard stapley who was I think meant to be involved in it. He was going to play Joe or something like he was involved in it in some way. Ended up coming out with something called a like 
Swanson on Sunset and he like addressed a lot of the uh, oh he was he was going to be one of the songwriters of the original and he like made a whole comment on it and it, it sounded very much how Kiss Me Kate the musical was a, a comment on um who Lawton Fontaine from Taming like oh. doing it like it sounded very similar to that but it was you know I don't think it actually became anything I think it was just his like talking about it well and she um, would have been such a good writer for that too because she wrote like silent films and had worked mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff like that would have just been such a good uh merging of these ideas I feel like she would have done a really good job of that yeah that knowing so well this transition from silent film era to the talkies you know right um anyway that makes yeah, me sad so, okay continue <laughs> so it's supposed to come out in the 50s the next time it was the 1960s and Sondheim looked at taking a stab at it and he had outlined a musical for it and he had started like talking to people uh, about what he was going to do etc and then Billy Wilder who did the movie said that it could only be done as an opera you could not do this as a musical stage show you couldn't do it any other way had to be an opera that would and be so good <laughs> would, it an would opera. be very good and then Hal Prince came out and said he like had talked to Sondheim about this as well and he was like here's the thing you should do it about an actress who's transitioning in musical comedy as opposed yeah. to a silent film star to update it and you gotta use Angela it, Lansbury yeah. And so who is also amazing and would right. be incredible in the role of Norma Desmond. Right. And Sondheim, I think, just had enough of everyone. And he was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, this is everything is too much. So none of the I hate all of these ideas, basically. <laughs> so then we make it to the 70s. And Andrew Lloyd Webber has started coming up with the idea of it. And he started writing some pieces. And then that whole initial just turned into gumshoe it did not uh come to sunset boulevard it just went into gumshoe and so then we get turned back around and now we're in the 90s still with andrew lloyd weber and he is getting ready to turn really useful group into a private company that's just for movies seems that i did go private but it seems that it never stepped away to just movies like it does other stuff as well his film and all that i mean um like stage and all that as well still but Mm -hmm. that was his idea and so he was like, I don't know that I want to do this because I just want to focus on movies. Maybe I'll remake the movie or something. And then he came out with the 1991 quote unquote experimental version. It is, I obviously haven't seen it. And I don't know the differences, but apparently it was very different from when it actually made it to the stage in 93. Hmm. And that one was, it was in Sidmonton and it starred Patty LaFone. So oh, that's where okay. she started with it. So then we had um, another 1992 one that was also in Sidmonton. Sorry, sorry. 1992 was the one with Patti LuPone. Um, It didn't say who was in the 91 one. I think it may have been Glenn Close, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Rhea Jones. Rhea Jones. Okay. And Don't know who that is, though. This experimental version had actually borrowed tunes from Cricket, which he wrote with Tim Rice. So it had oh. some different elements. Yeah. So then we get to 
93. It's fleshed out. They've gotten away from this experimental version. They have been sued by Patty Lapone. We are in it. And we have finally become the stage version that we saw for four years and then got cut down again. But it was like 40 years in the making to bring this around. Interesting. And even now, like there were par- there were rumors from Paramount that they were going to develop a movie version, another movie version of um, the musical. And they were talking about doing it with Glenn Close, Elaine Page, Meryl Streep, Liza Minnelli, or Barbara Streisand. This was 2005. Um, Liza Minnelli. I know. Oh, and then. So good. Andrew Lloyd Webber came out in 2011 and he was like, that was never confirmed. They're just acting a fool. They're talking about this. It's We've never <laughs> even like talked about it, basically. And then he says, but if it happened, I would have wanted Madonna. What? So, <laughs> what I tell you, I went down a spiral oh researching God. this because like, I felt like I just had whiplash the entire time and no idea what was happening. <laughs> And they need to make a musical <laughs> about the making of Sunset Boulevard. The yes, musical. that's what Absolutely. we need. We need to cancel Sunset Boulevard, the musical, and we right. just need the making. The making. Because <laughs> right. this is dramatic I, AF. Yes, isn't it? And so then, <laughs> so this is 2011. Remember? So and so then we get to 2017 and we have a revival. When Close okay, is in it, right. we know that's the one we watch, we're familiar with right etc and then we have this one in 2023 with that was in september with nicole scherzinger at savoy in the in england and um the next one slated is for melbourne in australia for may of 2024 and they are going to cast or they've already cast sarah brighton in the role and this is going to be her first role in more than three decades interesting yeah um, but she's but, not okay. I love Sarah Brighton and I saw her recently in a concert and she is great, but she's not an actress. Yeah, so <laughs> I know her music, but I don't know other than that. So she she was the original Christine in Phantom. Oh she's okay. one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's ex-wives. Ooh, Saul's even more trauma. I love it. I love yeah. it. She's very, um, yeah. like, she's incredibly talented, but that's the thing about, like, Christine is not really a very interesting part. It's very interesting vocally. She has a beautiful, yeah. beautiful voice, but it's not mm-hmm. really an acting part, and she's just not really an actress. But she is a performer, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how she does the, like, overdramatic kind of thing. And she's much older now. Yeah. Um, She looks great, because she's had a yeah. plus um so she's 63 yeah. right now yeah yeah i saw her so, last year for christmas her christmas concert last year or the year before i think it was last year interesting 2020 yeah. i mean i've heard her christmas. i've heard her sing and i've heard her do a lot of covers of stuff that like i'm familiar with so yeah she's a great yeah, she's voice. a beautiful voice um, yeah so that's the next big stage show that's slated right now interesting but don't forget we mentioned this idea of a movie in 2005 (laughs) so we're gonna come back now because in 2019 paramount decided they were gonna actually do this 
they're like we're ready we're doing it with Glenn Close and a movie musical yeah yeah okay and so then 2020 happens right and it's scrapped they're like we didn't even have time to get in the door so we're just done we're not doing it so then 2021 they're like yeah still not doing it for sure done with this idea so then we get to 2022 i don't think paramount said anything since then but glenn close has and she is very into this happening apparently she made this in this like really big announcement at the met gala in 2022 about how it was gonna happen and she is pressing forward and so who's to say (laughs) who's to say if it's actually gonna happen because you know we've seen 40 years waiting for the musical and now we're only 18 years into waiting for this movie that was mentioned so we might have to wait another 20 years before we see what happens and how that all plays out Um, glenn close in the grave right yeah so (laughs) that's the translation so i do of course want to mention the tonys because it won them all why for the in the 93 in in 94 and whatever i think it was the 94 tonys but it won for yes. the 93 year well, it was the 93 held, 94 season yeah yeah and so it was actually held at the minsk Golf theater that year so they were in their home territory oh, no. also it's the 94 95 season okay yeah um, there we go. But yeah, so it was held in their home territory already. They have home advantage. Um, we'll say they won Best Musical, Best Leading Actress for Glenn Close, Ow. Best Featured Actor for George Hearn, who played Max, Best Book, Best Original Score, Best Scenic Design by John Napier. Uh, and then they had three more nominations. And Best Lighting best, Design. They won. Uh yeah best lighting design too oh i put that up here sorry <laughs> and um so oh, they had four nominations so they had um alan campbell was nominated for best male lead but he lost to john glover from love valor for love valor um they were nominated for best costume for anthony powell but they lost out to florence Klotz, who did showboat because it was also the year of showboat oh. Yeah, and so best choreo also bought what AVM lost because of Susan Stroman's choreo for Showboat. Love Susan Stroman, you know. And last but not least, and to just build on the drama that I'm loving this web that's been weaved, (laughs) we Trevor Nunn was nominated for best direction, but lost to Harold Prince for Showboat, who also said this could only be done as an opera. And he, being in the early stages involved, ended up not involved in the final production, but beat them out for the Tony. So, well, Hal Prince is such a icon. Yeah. Of, but like, it's just so many things. He yeah. can be like, I told you, this my direction was better than what they. I said. need a music, <laughs> a stage musical version of the behind the scenes <laughs> of all of this that's what i need Isn't i don't need a musical <laughs> with glenn close i'm sorry glenn close you've done plenty of uh, things that are amazing this is not one of them i mean she uh, won so i guess right maybe i'm wrong but i just was so not impressed yeah but also i, mean, I, I just also feel like wasn't. 
the music was not great. I'm yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber. This is, I think this is really the weakest Andrew Lloyd Webber score mm-hmm. that I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't know all of them yet, but from all of the ones I do, I do know a lot of them though. Um, yeah. he's probably the one I know mo- his stuff more than I know anyone else's. I agree, it's the weakest for me. It hits does not hit the the highest for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. so that's that's our journey. Do you have some final thoughts on? sunset boulevard i wouldn't be surprised if we saw a sunset boulevard musical movie sometime in the net in the nearish future because i was just thinking as you started talking about that you know we're in that time Mm -hmm. where we're making musical movies of everything Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it'll probably star meryl streep because as everything else does and i love meryl streep but like we need to stop putting her in musicals i'm sorry i'm sorry I love her love her but stop putting I feel like her you're not sorry I am sorry because I do love her <laughs> I do love Meryl but, Street oh my god I just I don't want to see her in any more musicals yeah there's a lot sure. of people that are in a lot of these musical movies that I don't love like James Corden I don't want to see oh, him in yeah. anything ever for the rest of my life stop stop casting yeah. him he's not funny He's also take. not a nice person I've heard. That like, is what I've heard as well. That he's Yeah, so I don't know that that's a hot take anymore now that people have heard he's not a nice person. Um yeah, I yeah. yeah. So so anyway, yeah. let's I just wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it sometime. I don't think it's necessary. I think if they do do a musical version uh a movie musical version, they should do some more updating of it of the story and make it a little bit more and andrew Lloyd weber loves to go back and like redo his stuff so i don't know maybe he'll revamp some of the music a bit and see but i don't know because his most recent what is it that he most recently did was bad cinderella and that Uh, music was didn't he have another one that came out after that that's out now what's out now i don't i don't know I thought Bad Cinderella was his most recent one. No, that's Sondheim. His last one, I think, is what you're thinking of. Probably so. Um, No. Well, Andrew Lloyd Webber is still alive. Um, But Yeah, it looks, yeah, Bad Cinderella. So it must have been a Sondheim one I was thinking of. So, like, Bad Cinderella, kind of, he pulled a lot of elements from a lot of his other work and kind of put it into, so it was a little disjointed, so I don't know if maybe he's sort of getting to the end of his creation era, mm-hmm. which like he's done so much stuff. So, right, like, like that's fine. <laughs> it's Go rest. Okay, like he has a huge, uh, yeah, he ha- he has so Catalog. much that he's done and it's been incredible. Yeah. Um, except this. And um, <laughs> yeah, and we have so many more musicals by him to touch on. We got to space him out which, of it though which we will do for the next five years yeah <laughs> stay tuned Talk about all the different things that he's that he's worked on because he has worked on so many different things and he's worked on so many different styles and um and so that's been you know it's really nice there's a lot of interesting stuff to work on from him but yeah I just feel like this was like not not, not it that's best word so no one can it. can bat 100 every day or whatever that's the true. score is when you bat but so yeah and it did well so it's not like he 
I mean, well, except the $20 million loss because they can't do math um, and keep getting sued. But like in retrospect, it had a really good response when all the Tonys. Um, all yeah, them. that's wild to me. Except the one how Prince won. But <laughs> and Susan Stroman. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, all right. Well, that is the end of our time. So tell everyone how they can get at us yes you can send us emails messages all the things to let us know your thoughts your feelings your suggestions things you want to hear about things you don't want to hear about i don't know throw everything our way we're into it um so you can get us on social media at unseen artist org like all of the platforms you can just find our website which will link to all of that kind of stuff and talk about other crafts that we're doing on a scene artists.org. Uh, and then if you just want to email us directly, cause you have thoughts and a lot of things to say and it's easier to type them and just send them directly and keep it private. Uh, you can do that too. Info at unseen artists.org. Um, and we're not just looking for, you know, feedback and things, although that that's always welcome, uh, criticism thoughts, whatever. But if you want to get involved, if you want to, you know, just talk to us about some ideas if you just want to yeah talk about whatever uh, tell us about your play or something you're in or wrote or anything um we always like to discover some new things um and in the next year one of my goals is to start seeing a lot more uh new and um different experimental kind of stuff that we can talk about so that'll be fun but I thought it would be nice to kind of start with things that people might actually know about <laughs> so yeah we have lots of things that we have kind of coming on the pipeline hopefully so we'll see how it goes so yeah hit us up we're here we are um all the time we are here and she's queer um <laughs> but on that note I'm Courtney and I'm Noelle and we are Unseen Artist Bye bye <laughs>